0: <laughs> Hello, geeks, and welcome to another amazing episode of Smack My Pitch Up, the podcast that reboots, remakes, reimagines, sequels, sidequels, and adapts some of your favorite and least favorite properties from film, television, comics, and what have you. And... Uh... <laughs> We've already been having a lot of fun before getting started here.
1: What is so funny?
2: You
3: were just making this face that absolutely screams, "Oh God, what have I gotten myself into?" And it's just killing me. This I realize
2: I can't talk about this movie without laughing hysterically, and no one can understand me. So it's going to be mostly unusable content.
0: Perfect for audio. Oh yeah, perfect. Yes, absolutely. And uh, what we are going to be talking about tonight is a uh, film that has a number of different types of fans. Oh, that yeah. have found themselves uh, uh, obsessed with this movie, from comic book nerds to uh, military bros to oh, God. to chads and Just, uh, yeah. giant dorks alike. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a film by Zack Snyder that really kind of <laughs> launched him into super celebrity. Oh yeah,
3: that it it was his gateway into pretty much all of his like big works afterwards was directly because everyone's like, do you see how he adapted this comic. And so also
0: just shoehorned him into the guy that does the slow motion fight scenes guy. Yeah, that too. It was this movie. We're talking, of course, Zack Snyder's 300.
1: Yeah. Yay.
0: <laughs> and we got a three pack tonight of uh, panelists to talk about this. So with uh, every time that we've had a three pack, usually it's very dense. in, mm-hmm. uh, in there's going to be a total of six different takes on this movie by the end of the time <laughs> we're, we're done here.
3: We're, this will have been done to
0: death. Yes, it mm-hmm. will have been, but also that means that we're not going to be taking it nearly as seriously. It's usually a lot <laughs> faster and looser with a three-pack, which right. I, I think is perfectly fine for this movie. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. Can't take this movie too seriously. So,
0: <laughs> first off is a regular panelist on many of the shows from Geeks Under the Influence. Uh, you know him as my dungeon master, and not in that sexy way yet, but I, yeah, keep, we're I keep working, working, on working it. towards we're working that. On it. I've got Jack here. Hey. What was the last show you were on for SmackDown uh, I think it was The Rocketeer. When that Disney right. Plus launched? Yep, that yeah. sounds about right. So it's been a little bit since you've been it. has been a minute. minute. We, uh, we kind of slowed down a little bit during COVID's beginning. Things happen. So yeah. we're kind of picking back up again. And uh, this actually started with a conversation between one of uh, your friends and yourself about a friend that was recently obsessed with 300. Yes. And then there was a conversation of who should be on Smack My Pitch Up to do it. And we just decided right. on everyone. Just, yeah, ev- just everybody just come on in. in. <laughs> so it's going to be a lot of fun having uh, Melina here to talk about uh, 300 with us.
1: Thank you. This
2: is only the second podcast ever I've participated in. I don't actually know who the fan base is. And here's a weird thing about me I'm like a very much a contrarian. So I rarely see like blockbusters for whatever reason. If it's a movie that everybody else has seen is like wildly popular, I'll see it like seven or 10 years later. Like, an unfashionable amount of years later. (laughs) I also don't care very much about food. Like, I'm not a foodie. I'm, like, the only non-foodie left in North America. Sure.
0: Richmond Um, specifically. Especially Richmond. Um, Yeah.
2: But if it is an esoteric, foreign art house, food as metaphor for film movie, (laughs) you can bet dollars to donuts, I have probably seen it. (laughs) So... Um, so you're the one case, that, I,
0: that people are like, oh, man, have you seen the newest Marvel movie? And you're like, no. But if it's something I'm, like really just disturbingly uh, niche, then you're probably right on it.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Bizarrely, yes. yes. Um, I'm On a subject that I don't really care about.
1: <laughs> okay, <so. laughs>
2: Like Ghostbusters? Haven't seen it. Have not seen the original Ghostbusters. Eat, Drink, Man, Woman, 1988 Taiwanese film? Yes, I have. Nice.
0: <laughs> so... That's uh, very similar to uh, my uh, partner on deeply upsetting end in life, uh, yeah. who, uh, Amy Bogard, who has not seen a lot of the big blockbusters, but then randomly will be like, "Oh no, I've seen Hereditary or Midsummer or you know <laughs> these yeah. really depraved movies," but she hasn't hadn't seen I don't know like Kindergarten Cop, you know. So
2: I also haven't seen Kindergarten yep. Cop. So yeah, see, yeah. and I've also seen Midsummer, but not Hereditary. So um uh, how I came to see Three Hundred finally. What is it? Thirteen years after. Yeah. Something it like launched, as Jack informed me, it, as it uh, thirteen years after it launched the CrossFit craze. <laughs> well,
0: what you can do is actually cut open Gerard Butler's abs and count the rings <laughs> to see how far or it's been there since uh, three hundred came out.
2: <laughs> oh, is that true? That's I did very see true. <laughs> while researching who played who. I did see a list of like three hundred then and now, and I was like that's mean but i'm glad to see like as a woman and like seeing how women are portrayed in media and it's like oh my god she's aged one year in the last 10 fuck that ugly hag it's kind of nice to see the guys like get a little bit of it
0: gerard butler's been kind of having it kind of gone that russell crowe level of just kind of like going downhill a little bit Whereas Michael Fassbender, who's in 300, has just done the glow-up, as they say. where oh, he's just he, getting it,
2: Oh, my God. He is so, so fine in that X-Men movie, the one X-Men movie that I've seen.
3: Oh, well, if it's I was the thinking, one where he stabbed Nazis, I think we all got a boner on that <laughs> right?
2: one. Actually, I did not see that one. Oh. I saw Days of Future Past. That's the one. Oh,
3: okay. That's,
0: not, that's a good one, though. That, that is, is still a good, a good one. one. Yeah. So uh, it really depends on the actor on how, uh, how they've done after it. But we are yeah. going to get into that. But mm-hmm. first, uh, let's kind of get into... The uh, basic gist of how this show works for anybody that's listening for the first time is this show is not meant to be taken seriously at all. This is just a fun fan casting uh, mental exercise to figure out if we were to be remaking, reimagining a movie today, who would we cast? What would the director be? Would there be any tonal changes, any plot changes? Uh, Just having fun with that. And then we have, after our initial casting of our actual ideas, we have what we call our remix, which is a completely outside the box look at a movie. So we've had John Waters direct a He-Man movie. We've had a Super Mario Brothers movie based on the Burt Reynolds film Gator. We've (laughs) made some very strange choices over the years uh, here on Smack My Pitch Up, and we will continue to do so. So it's just a weird tonal shift in the property, just to make it fun. So uh, we're going to see what we can do with 300 to totally change the way that this film is uh, appreciated in the future with our remix. But mm-hmm. so first off, I want to ask my panelists here, is there any kind of major plot or tonal shifts that you're doing for your actual take on 300?
2: My main tonal shift I would do, and this was my issue that I took with the movie. and
0: That's part I of it, say, yeah. I,
2: my background is actually... I, used to be kind of a historian and I still like kind of approach the world in that way. Although that would be lying to say the ancient world or like the Mediterranean world. I know a lot about, but I do recognize as my friend Sonia told me, Melina, it is not meant to be a historically accurate movie. No. My message that I got from it is like, not only does it totally warp the historic record in like many ways in terms of like how uh, Persians and Greeks are depicted and their cultures. Absolutely. But
0: so, wait, Greeks uh, didn't talk with a light British accent? Or a heavy
2: Scottish
3: um, one? Or a heavy Scottish accent? Yeah.
2: Yes, no, they did not. Um, but, like, uh, you know, it, it more just, like, the mythos of it. Or like, I'll, you know, I'll get into it. But, like, she pointed out that it was a movie that's actually about mythic masculinity. Mm-hmm. But I take it yeah. a step further, and I feel like it, it's actually, like, the ultimate toxic masculinity film because it is using the The mythos of um, like classic masculinity as a diatribe against cultural diversity. That's what the movie is actually about. And my tonal shift is um, I would go ahead. I think my direction I went with is just like embrace it and just make it like full on their white supremacist. <laughs> like we know they're the bad guys because we're gonna have like Werner Herzog. Directed or something like that. Okay, there you go. um So I hope is that is that the right approach?
0: That's kind of exactly the GUI uh, smack my pitch up style, right there. Is just to go fucking weird with it, or just kind of lean in a little yeah. bit.
2: I am not saying I promote like uh, to me. It's actually obscene, and the weird thing I know three hundred is also not meant to be a comedy. And I also find the concept that I just described of like. Uh, mythic masculinity as a diatribe against cultural diversity. That is like the most hideous thing in the world. And I cannot stop laughing throughout the movie because of like the heroic way in which this is presented. And it's just ridiculous, like showmanship.
0: It's reminded me of a number of other films. And I've done this kind of switch previously, very recently about going from ultra masculine into like overtly homoerotic and sexual. Uh, I was,
3: uh... that, that's a good subversion, honestly. Oh God,
0: I forget what, what episode it was. So I decided to not go that route this time with, with my take just because I'd done it
2: recently. That's but too obvious it's... for this one. I mean, this is the thing I was afraid to say. But, like, one of the things I think about 300, that's funny that I, I literally... My weird thing with movies is, like, once I get into a movie, I will just watch it repetitively until, like, somehow access is cut off. <laughs> or right. i move on to something else somebody which, flicks the yeah. breakers
0: on the house so the power goes out so you know or like
2: i lost at, like they took it off netflix or whatever sure yeah that kind of yeah. thing which is what happened with 300
0: <laughs> we've talked about at length on a number of the shows like the uh volleyball scene from top gun and uh i also haven't seen it you know some of the oh i think it was the predator episode where i made it like hyper sexual i also haven't
1: seen it
3: right
0: where there's it's so all about like sweaty, greased up, like yeah. muscular men being muscular with each other. Yes. And it gets to this point where it is like right on that precipice of being like so ultra masculine that it's falling into
3: homoerotic.
2: Yeah, it's and, like the village, man. There's like a term for that. I forget um, what that kind of, I totally forget. I like mean, there's like an so, uncounting
3: valley for porn, I'm sure.
2: Yeah. And well, like, oh, yeah, so this was my thing I was going to say that I'm like potentially very offensive, but – if you've ever seen Party Down, there's a joke in Party Down where this like complete troll of a character named Roman makes, he like asks someone, he's like, troll he is a troll, but someone else trolls him by asking him to write on a piece of paper, how many times have you seen 300? And if you, it's like, he writes down six, but it's like, if you write more than one, you're gay. And I like <laughs> literally saw this like 70 times in one week and told my friend Sammy about it. And she was like, Surely you've seen party down and you know <laughs> yeah. the joke I'm about to make about
0: so
3: yeah
0: yeah the best part are the like completely misogynistic um ultra machismo very defensive about their masculinity type dudes mm-hmm. that watched
3: this like bare-chested like erotic oh no they're all makes... they're they're all waxed and oiled up and <laughs> all their abs all are on point
0: listening in the in... summer sun that, just it's
2: co- to me it doesn't yeah. even the, the, the irony for me as someone who sleeps with men is like it's co- at that point it's just comedic I, I i'm not even like oh that's sexy i'm like why are you wearing a plastic halloween costume of a super bo- hero's torso you know that's what <laughs> right? I mean, you know? <laughs> like when little kids have like the batman torso and like they sculpt out the the, the mo- yeah the
3: yeah that is
0: <laughs> yeah And I love just, like, all of the lines that all of the heroes in this film deliver are just the, like, ultra badass lines of, like, our arrows will block out the sun, then we'll fight in the shade. You know, there's these just, like, so ultra-masculine responses to everything where they fear nothing and they have, like, the best morals, even though they, they like, shit on homosexuality and they, like, murdered babies because they well, don't and, they do right And historically no. held so slaves. Yeah.
2: yeah, because it's, like, all of these in real life, every Spartan, and I'm not, hey, no, I don't hate, all, you sleep with who you want consensual. Oh, yeah, no, we're adults,
0: very, exactly. very pro. But
2: like, all of these <laughs> soldiers would have, like, had sex with men their whole lives, like.
0: Yep, they would have been like, uh, like pegging each other in inside of the phalanx when they were waiting for the Persian army to come, just like popping I mean, pinkies I in get there. It. It's,
2: But it's also like it's just like comedic the way they constantly have to like stand at attention and be like, like you know, all these scenes where they're basically Also, has anyone told them you could act without constantly shouting? <laughs> like at any moment i
3: don't think anyone's oh, told God God. God.
2: and just like hulking out their chest like check out my eight pack like, I,
3: I don't think anyone's told gerard butler he can act without screaming
0: well the thing is they don't show any like boring normal scenes in that movie it's all like epic moments so there's not the like
3: i require a sandwich
0: you know there's no just normal everyday home. No, there's no
3: there's no quiet moments. It's it's like just the moment before somebody starts yelling at you.
0: Has anyone seen my other sandal?
3: Like no, there's no like normal. The, the,
0: I just had my keys.
2: Where did I
3: put my? It's keys? Like we we have to have a sex scene where we still see Gerard Butler's ass and his like amazing pecs while he's... It is a
2: very yeah. nice ass.
3: It is a nice ass. <laughs> but so. I'm just saying, it's like still in slow motion and still very much focused on. All of Gerard Butler's rippling muscle.
0: Yeah, well, that's why the enunciation is on butt of Butler instead of Butler. It's Butler.
2: I never put that together. (laughs) Three hundred. How many times? Perfect. Yeah, but it is, and also a great for anybody who's listening. Almost better than three hundred. I love to watch three hundred and then alternate with um this YouTube video. Everything wrong. With With 300.
1: Oh, (laughs) yes. Very
2: hilarious. And yeah, they point out this one scene, like, after he bones and he, like, stands by. They're not exactly windows, but he's, like, facing his community, like, a whole city just butt naked with his, like, ding-dong facing all the citizens. I, think I, I mean, I th- guess it would have been dark, but...
0: At the time, I think those were called wall holes at the time. <laughs> they weren't actually windows at the time. I'm, I'm
3: pretty sure that's just standard royalty to show your dick to your entire populace, right? Well, what are they
0: going to do? Be like,
3: bah-ha-ha-ha? Ha, ha. No, they're going to be like, that is a royal dick. Pretty
0: much.
2: King
3: <laughs> That penis will block
0: out the sun. That's all nice. right, so let's okay. get into the casting and... and tonal, well, the ch- tonal shift for me is a pretty easy... Transfer over into, um, like we've said that it's like ultra masculine and very comic booky, and it, it's supposed to be. It's based on the comic book kind of iteration of the the Battle of Three Hundred, and I wanted to kind of take it back a little bit and still have it definitely not realistic right. or like historically accurate, yeah. but more that classic, you know, in the same vein as like Braveheart and Robin Hood and you know the King Arthur's tale, and where it's just more that like classic. Old, old timey, almost like medieval kind of approach to the Battle of the Three Hundred.
3: Yeah. So definitely not true, <laughs> but definitely more that
0: classic take, not comic booky. So
3: uh, for oh, I went, Jack. I went full on comic booky. Okay. Um, I went, I wanted to get back more towards uh, Frank Miller's original comic versus okay. like the, the the movie adaptation because the movie adaptation threw in a bunch of subplots, sure, and they extended out a lot of characters. But when you got Lena Headey. I would extend Fair. out her character, too. Sure. But so in my version, it's going to be an animated movie. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I want that cartoon feel, but I want it to be from Todd McFarlane.
0: Wow. So
3: it's still that... ultra-violent okay. and hyper-masculine because, you know, if you've ever seen the HBO Spawn series, it's like, yeah, still toxic masculinity and a lot of blood and gore and violence, that, which I think, yeah, no, that absolutely would, would fit for Frank Miller You either do, style. yeah, uh, you do... Uh, mcfarlane or rob
0: liefeld to just get the ultra ab characters oh, yeah. absolutely <laughs>
3: Although... but i think i think um because mcfarlane's already done animated studio stuff yeah i mean it's it's sure. a few years behind uh behind like the culture at the moment but i think it would still really work for this uh if you saw uh when Zack snyder did uh did Watchmen, he did a side a side project where he animated the tales the, of the, the black, black freighter black freighter yeah i did see that. with gerard butler yep that great, kind of animation, is, yeah, great animation. Uh, I think it would it would work really well for doing three hundred as a as a full on cartoon. Nice, yeah, but yeah, you know, obviously cartoon for adults. So you got Todd McFarlane as the your director of your real take. It's it's more like artistic director because he's not really a director. Even all of the other cartoons uh, stuff that has his name attached mm-hmm. onto it, he had other talent working there. So it was pretty much a talent list that is there to you know underpin. Todd McFarlane's style sure gotcha more so okay. so I'm I'm just putting him in na- his name as the director but it's probably going to be a whole directorial cast of people who are just supporting his n- brand as sure, it were I got you and uh Melina do
0: you have a director in mind for your for your leaning in version of uh 300
2: yes um mine would be Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog, okay. Yeah, I I thought yeah. you did mention. Okay, Who so I only know from um his documentaries. I've never seen one of his like what's the opposite of a do- what Do you like scripted? Like a scripted movie. I a
0: guess. scripted film or yeah, like he did a, like a mockumentary that he was involved in was I think called uh-huh. Incident at Loch Ness where he was doing like a oh, documentary okay. on the Loch Ness monster and then Chaos ensues and it's a it's a a wonderful little ride. But yeah, no his documentaries are like bleak as fuck just because he's doing the narration when the, the people of the town like I tried to do Arnold Schwarzenegger for some reason Yeah, yeah um... the,
3: the people of Sparta had no hope <laughs> they were slaves to the warrior caste that is Werner Herzog's he does a really
2: good job of um, very sympathetically portraying uh, a villain I think because, like, oh, yeah. I mostly know him. I, I was gonna say douchebag, but <laughs> yeah, douchebag that's more appropriate because I feel yeah. like the I'm gonna be honest here like, you know, um, fuck the Greeks,
1: okay? <laughs> wow,
3: <laughs> okay, I mean, okay, there, there is, there is sub- substance to this, um, because the story of Thermopylae, first off, that most people, most written accounts of it were after Greece had already become a city state, sure. Like, like had become a nation, I should say. Yeah. Uh, so, it was the story that Greece told itself about a thing that one portion of Greece did a long time ago. Yeah. Right? So, it's already sort of like that one step removed from reality. Oh, of course. And they've got to bump it up to make it themselves look much better than their opponents. Sure. Then you get, like, the, the transplant of Greece became the, like, sort of bedrocks of what Rome became. Mm -hmm. right and then rome kind of like inflated the story as well and they're like you know kind of claimed this hoplite war mongering ways from the spartan like military strategy and they kind of carried that into their war with carthage which carthage being phoenician descent had a lot more to do with the persians than they did with greeks right so they kind of carried it on saying like pretty much their their beef with Carthage was a carryover from the Spartans fighting the Persians, which was all kind of an exaggerated account in the first yeah. place. And then America, you know, basing their democracy off of the Roman Senate because the Punic Wars, you know, the the Roman Senate won. And then we kind of like adopted this Spartan mentality for our military for a couple of hundred years. And then you get the movie, The Three Hundred Spartans which Frank Miller watched as a kid, half-remembered, created a comic out of it, Mm -hmm. and then Zack Snyder turned that into a movie. Was that Kirk Douglas, I think, was in the original? Yeah. Yeah. In the post-9-11 world where, like, warrior machismo shit became, like, this centralized thing in American culture, that's where 300 came into, like, prominence in America. So it's like this seven steps removed from reality. So, of course, everything's distorted and sure. warped and fucked up. <laughs> well, and that's why I want to kind of take
0: it more to that, like, classic ancient tale kind of vibe instead of, like, the ultra machismo thing. Because I just, I don't think that there's really uh, much space for that unless you are almost becoming a parody of
3: the classic,
0: like, yeah. action machismo yeah. I don't genre. Yeah, th-
3: I don't think you're, you can really, like, that space has been explored. The original movie kind of explored that ultra machismo space, so... Unless you're doing it as a gag.
0: Well, and then you still have those movies. Like, the Fast and the Furious movies are definitely, like, that classic canon film ultra machismo, but it's borderline a parody of that yeah. old classic. Like, it's so over the top, and it's so unbelievable, and it's so goofy. Like a it's,
2: scary movie. It's it's
1: almost, uh, <laughs> almost at the level of a scary
0: movie. Yeah. But so I wanted to take it back to a more of a classic tone. So I went with a director that knows how to do a period piece very well mm. with 1492, Kingdom of Heaven, Robin Hood, Exodus, uh, and Gladiator. <laughs> We've got Ridley Scott yeah. doing a 300 movie.
3: I, I think, can see that being a, lo- a little yeah. more grounded.
0: Grounded. I mean, it's still going to be, I mean, it's still Gladiator is not the true story. No, uh, you it's, know, it's the, not.
3: But it, it's it's... He uses more of his epic set pieces about like what's, what would have been possible. Not necessarily what actually happened, sure. but what could have been possible at the time. Even though there's, there's disputes about like Kingdom of Heaven specifically about how historically accurate sure. certain characters could have been. But he, he plays a lot more in the grounded, but still wants to have an epic journey with your central character. And so. he loves a good underdog. One that goes against
0: unrealistic F-sized enemy and somehow wins in some way
3: not necessarily you know a ferric victory it's still a victory sure exactly so okay so yeah it
0: really yeah st- i
2: take back my state just to clarify please do not have me on record saying "fuck the greeks i mean <laughs> <fuck> <laughs> greeks repeating it helps movie, as jack more eloquently uh explained
0: yeah i no. haven't seen 300 in several years mm-hmm. and so going back and looking at it and just like the Casual nature in which it just disregards anything that is like not ultra machismo yeah. where it calls like the Greeks boy lover or the Athenians boy, boy lovers. lovers and yeah. um, it just casually talks about how they just like throw b- babies in a pile if they're not right mm-hmm. and like everything is so unreasonably darkly. Like you said, that, it, that going over that line of being almost borderline like white supremacist with the kind of mentality almost, where, mm-hmm. yeah. it's how, how they behave.
2: Well, the, the line that really stood out for me and why I say it is actually a diatribe against um, cultural diversity and, and, you know, is a white supremacist narrative is, uh, you know, so what, what we learn as we've established in this film, uh, you know, masculine equals good, right? Um, and so everything that's not masculine equals not good. And the depiction of the Persians, you know, and their behaviors is like, it's extremely exoticized. Yeah. Uh, they're yeah, referring to at one point as the Asiatic horde, <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, that's... or
2: hordes, uh, actually hordes, yeah, the, yeah. Plural. plural, um, there's way more and,
0: ornamentation of everybody. Everything yes. is, is also like mutated in its level of ornamentation as well. Well, and but, some yeah. of them
2: are frankly, um, you know, not human-looking. Like there's, the, you know, yeah. they're they're per, they're like monstrous. Like true, there's that one person that has like saws for arms, like and knife hands, like, or how? something.
1: It's like why? Just you know just why? You know
2: they're costuming. It's just it's high. It's like orientalism to like this extreme warped way and also very interesting that they don't depict any people of color on the greek um army at all yeah but you know there's many you know people of color in the the persian army which you know argue you know just arguably may or may not really be accurate you know so
0: well and that's i kind of was going with the classic like 80s into 90s tropes of this kind of uh sort cast- of casting oh okay. uh, when it comes to like the, the the story of the greeks or something like that where it's just all british actors well, because, you know, everyone had British accents before 1492. Everyone did. And I wanted to kind of lean on that trope a little bit just for the fun of this episode a little bit. So with uh, Ridley Scott being my director, yep. I'll just run real quick through my casting list and then we'll go around and round robin and get everybody's. But okay, for uh, King Leonidas with Ridley Scott, I've got actor that hasn't been in much in the way of Ridley Scott movies, but has been in a, a series that was produced by Ridley Scott called Taboo. We've got Tom Hardy as King Leonidas. Oh, I can see that. I can definitely see it. He's got the gravitas to be able to be
3: the yeah. like, quiet. He's, but... he's going to have to paste on that beard, though. He can't grow one of his he own. He can't grow a good one, anyway. Mm-hmm. I know?
2: picked him, too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Excellent. Then we've got uh,
0: Queen Gorgo, and that was uh, an actress that I originally became familiar with from the series Killing Eve, mm-hmm. and she, nice. she's a, like a serial killer that's being followed by the character Eve in Killing Eve. Ooh. And uh, that's Jodie Comer, who's yeah. an incredible actress yep. and is currently filming with, uh, a movie called The Last Duel that was written by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck that's
3: directed by Ridley Scott. Just so happened to fall into your, your theme?
0: Uh, just a little bit, yeah. yeah. So I, I, very 90s in that sense. And also, uh, she's a fantastic actress and currently working with Ridley Scott. So I figured that would be a, a safe, safe move. Then we've got uh, for The Captain... I've got uh, Russell Crowe. That works. Yeah. Good one. Um, who also has worked with Ridley Scott before on Gladiator,
3: of course, and Once, also course. has
0: gotten a little bit older, so he's not going to be like the prime fighting guy, but... Still. Yeah.
3: St- I- I- I'd believe he'd punch me.
0: <laughs> he'd punch you. <laughs> Dilios, the narrator, mm-hmm. um, who's going to be the voice of this story. I went with Jeremy Irons. Yes. Yes. Which I think for, yeah, Ridley Scott. I'd listen to him for a couple of hours. (laughs) Yeah, right. Then for uh, Theron, the backstabber, which was very well cast for 300. Because that actor is always playing a smarmy, like, undercutting, like, shitty little weasel type of a character. Um, I thought it'd be more fun to take an actor that doesn't normally play that kind of role, but it is also a callback to the original. And you get Michael Fassbender
3: to play Theron. Michael Fassbender doesn't play a backstabbing weasel? In, well, not in the same way that it was portrayed in the original three hundred. Anyway, I'm I'm just saying Prometheus is kind of obvious.
0: No, but he's like the one step ahead guy in that versus uh, like okay. the one that's like
3: too so slimy and, and obvious. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: So that'd be fun. Then, um, what is Iphialtes or uh, Iphialtes? Iphialtes. Okay, that is definitely going to be in this day and age a CGI character because even in the era of three hundred. Uh, The costuming was a little bit, it was only passable because of the shading of the film stock and also the fact that there were other monsters, like full on rubber suit monsters in this movie. Right. So with a CGI, you've got to bring in Andy Serkis. Of course. Got to. And then finally, uh, Xerxes, I did want to go with an actor that was from at least somewhere close to the former Persian realm. Uh, so it could be anywhere from like <laughs> Iraq over into like India, somewhere right. in that somewhere. Somewhere in that general area where there was some reasonable understanding that this is somebody like close to that region. Yeah.
2: And yeah actually, an Asiatic horde member. Oh, yeah, an Asiatic right. exactly, exactly. A, a member
0: of the horde if, if yeah. you were and I went with actually a very comedic actor that I think has a lot of room to grow as an actor mm-hmm. that I've just become familiar with from uh, from a show on Hulu. Uh, well I've watched on Hulu called uh, Rami and it's remy yosef yeah 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 he's 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 that very handsome man uh but also great he's got a great uh like presence Presence. yeah good presence that i think if given the right circumstances could really be emboldened uh with the right director so i'd be interested to see that and that's my uh cast list for my real take okay uh, Melina, do you have a cast list for your real take here besides yeah. Tom Hardy apparently is in there as well, right?
2: Yeah, I had King Leonidas also as Tom Hardy. Okay.
0: Um, All right.
2: And it is going to be a lot of white people on my list. <laughs> That's why <so I> <laughs> lean into the white supremacist. Of course. Um, I, I thought Edie Falco would be a good, um the wife. I forgot her name. I do
0: love Edie um, Falco. Corgo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just popping pills, you know, in Sparta.
2: I I know her from Sopranos. And okay. I know her as a, a mob wife, and also she's in um she was in Oz, so she might yeah. actually she might be a little too old now. I'm realizing to be playing the wife. Of
0: Whatever, the like Leonidas yeah. likes them a little older, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or
2: maybe maybe you know maybe this movie was made a few years back, so let me there we go. Let me rethink. There actually, you, you know what? Go. You know who would be great as the wife? Um, whoever played in Gone Girl. The blonde woman in Gone. Oh, who
0: was in Gone Girl? I'll I'll keep look. I'll look I that up while you're uh, going down the rest of the I'm cast. I'm terrible
2: with the the names. Um, for Xerxes, I thought Adam Driver.
3: Oh really? <laughs> okay. okay. He's yeah. tall and lanky, or so Oscar that was, yeah. Isaac.
2: Or Oscar Isaac. I'm. Um,
3: I mean, that just you know increases my want to you know fuck uh, they're, dictators they're and bad guys. Empty dudes. <laughs>
1: right. Um,
2: yeah, who are but the, see they're actually in in my retelling they're actually the good guys. You watching it would clearly okay. be like yeah, you know the, these are the good guys. Okay, like, gotcha. I, I almost imagine like if I was going to do a, what well, we're not getting to the mashup yet, but I had a hard time not thinking of the mashup the whole time, and yeah. I was basically imagining like Ruby Ridge or Waco versus FBI.
1: <laughs> oh Jesus! So,
2: like, nobody's perfect. That's amazing. But, wow. But. One side clearly is out of their board.
0: Sure, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, we've um, got uh, Rosemond Pike is the name of the actress from Gone Girl. Yeah, that you her. were referencing. I
2: think mean, she'd be a good. She's got that those like it's a very stoic and like um.
0: She got sharper features. That yeah, really. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good call.
2: Um, for Stelios, um, who I've already. Oh yeah, he was the Michael Fast. Yeah.
0: Dude. Um, he was like the pretty boy that knew he was really good at fighting. It, he, like he knew he was cool. Everybody knew he was cool, but he actually was. So you couldn't take that away from him, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. <laughs> oh, we're just um, trying
3: to piss off the bros, aren't we? Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. A free at ease, I think Matthew McConaughey, or like John C. Riley.
3: Okay, I could, I could definitely easily see John C. Riley playing the mutant. Um, but
2: Yeah, they'd have to do a lot of makeup on him.
3: But. <laughs> I, or... I honestly want to see Matthew McConaughey pull off the guy who is so <laughs> ugly that they renamed the word for nightmare after his name. I want to see Matthew McConaughey pull that off. You know, Sparta told
0: my parents to throw me into a baby pile because I wasn't oh good, but they said I was all right, all
3: right, all right. Oh. No? Oh. Ow.
2: Almost. <laughs> <laughs> for uh, there was his name Theros, the one played by Dominic West.
0: Yeah, uh, Theron, Theron. 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 Yeah. Theron.
2: I think Jason Bateman.
0: He can play. He can play slimy and smarmy he's pretty a good. Smug yeah. Son of a bitch. He is. That yeah. or the guy
2: who played um, Littlefinger in Game of Thrones.
0: Oh, correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't remember. Th- I can't remember. Now, here's named. here's
3: my question for your your uh, like ultra obviously white nationalist version of sparta are they still all going to be jacked like the original
0: 300
2: yes they're gonna have to get in shape good
0: They're good have to get into shape. i want to see a jacked john c Riley because yes <laughs> no but he
2: was the mutant so he wouldn't have
0: to be no no the mutant was even
3: jacked. the in mutant the still had some really good definition it's just he also had a hunchback he
0: had three okay, abs he had an odd number of abs it was very strange but he did have abs <laughs>
2: Wow, well, maybe that could be in a world where even mutants have had. <laughs> <Right>.
3: <laughs> Someone write that down for the movie trailers.
1: <laughs> um,
2: Persian emissary, because he stood out to me. I would pick Michael K. Williams, who got, I think, his breakout role was Omar Little in The Wire.
1: Okay, oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's
3: he's got a he's got a great like just delivery for most of his uh voice uh voice yeah. work like well, just, I wanted just to talking pick
2: someone who you know because the persian emissary was um i think well he was black and yeah. i felt like michael k will you know he who he played well well i've only seen him play like two things so what do i know um he's the good guy but i guess because he has that sharp scar on his face you know he clearly stands out as like been through some stands shit. Stands out, you know. Yeah, so, yeah some, someone's got a story to tell. Yeah, that's so an emissary, right? So.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, definitely. It's like uh, the dude that played Chibs in Sons of Anarchy, where like his scar has gotten him more casting roles than. Oh yeah, he's been in all the movies where there's probably something sharp that goes at people's faces sometimes.
3: Yeah, we need a very obvious Irishman, so we need one that's got a Glasgow grin. Yeah, so, right. Cast him.
2: Oh, the captain. uh I almost want to say like Ted Dance. <laughs>
3: nice okay okay uh jack
2: all
0: right
3: so for my animated version obviously uh i went more for i went more for voice actors so you know not so much how they could physically fill the role but just imagine these voices in an animated version of these characters so for leonidas i went with ron perlman I, yeah, I can From, see from that. Hellboy, Sons no. of Anarchy, Pacific Rim. He's got a very great voice. Uh, he did uh, work with, ba- uh, with like three different Batman animated uh, versions sure. as different characters. He's got a great voice. Well, when you have I a think, voice
0: that distinct, you end up doing a lot of voice
3: work. Yeah. So I think he's very commanding. I can see him uh, doing Leonidas. So on the opposite side of the war, we've got Xerxes. And I wanted somebody who still could have like just a s- slight enough accent, but still have a very commanding voice. Like, this is a guy who leads people. So I went with somebody who's commanded uh, uh, attention in Deuce Bigelow, but commanded troops in The Mummy. I went with Oded Fair. Okay. <laughs> nice. Another great voice. Also,
0: yeah, very distinctive voice for sure. Yeah.
3: For Ithialtes, I wanted somebody who felt slimy just listening to them talk. So I went for the ultimate slime ball, Freddy Krueger, Robert Ungland. Oh wow! I okay, I yeah. remember his voice. Oh, it's just like there's a reason why they cast him as a child predator. Yeah. Huh. Uh, okay. The
0: thing is, when he's normally speaking, he has this very thespian way of speaking. Yeah. He's he grew up he grew into acting through the theater. He is classically mm-hmm. trained. You know, like he's. He's a great actor. He's a great but actor. If
3: he wants to be the slime ball, he's very
0: good and at he's it. He's very good at it. And he's learned how to develop that over the years yeah. from Freddy Krueger and then in all the roles that he got right. kind of typecast into after yeah. that as well. But.
3: Um, and then I, uh, we came to Delios, uh, our narrator, and I wanted somebody I could listen to for a couple of hours and not get bored of. So I went with somebody who can do completely off-the-wall comedy but still do very serious he was in Spawn, uh, major role in Black Dynamite, but he was also in Batman: Dark Knight um, mm-hmm. as uh, Oh uh, Gamble. Uh, I went with Michael J. White. Oh yeah, because he's got a very commanding voice. It's in, it's it's enthralling when he talks, and I think him like doing like poetic would be amazing.
0: He, th- you know, there's those actors that end up kind of existing in the same space, like Daniel Radcliffe and Elijah Wood, where like they. It's not even that well, in their case, they'd look very similar, but also like they're very like indie driven now, yeah, and they're very weird roles that they like to take on. so it's these two actors that you just assume are at all the calls for the same roles all the time, yeah, I feel like uh Michael J. White and uh, Bokeem Woodbine have the similar thing, where, oh, yeah, like, they don't look necessarily anything alike, but like their presence their presence is very similar, yeah,
3: well, I also think of Michael J. White in the same category as um well what used to be um wesley snipes sure as well
0: yeah yeah very similar present not now so
3: much not not so much now but like now when, he just has a
0: bored presence he just seems bored all the time yeah.
3: yeah i mean when when michael j white was coming onto the scene he seemed like he was the natural successor to pretty much anything that Wesley snipes was doing at the sure. time so and going down finishing off mine major casting is for queen gorgo I went with somebody who's got a lot of voice acting experience, but she also has done some live action stuff. You would probably recognize her voice as Poison Ivy from the Batman animated series oh, from the gosh. uh from the 90s, but she was also the original Supergirl in 1984. Oh wow.
0: Helen Slater. Helen Slater, I know. Yeah. yeah. Not many people even remember there was an 80s Supergirl movie.
3: Oh, I never forget. Yeah. But of course, I was also a Smallville fan, so when they decided to cast uh uh Kal-El's mother in that they got Helen Slater to play. Sure, I'm like that's that. Perfect. I will always love Smallville because it gave, gave such great legacy casting, and it's I, important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So is that your casting? That that's it. That's, okay. Th- I thought those were the major characters. Sure. I'm also, I, uh, since I'm wanting to go a little more towards the, the the comic book version, those were the ones who mostly actually had dialogue. Sure. Everyone else was sort of like a nameless extra. Fair enough. Now the next part is the where it gets buck wild for the remainder of the
0: uh the show this is where we're uh gonna be talking about our remix versions just the super weird takes on it that we can uh just kind of do whatever the fuck we want to with the with the property and uh we can also after that we're gonna be talking about our mashups as well as far as what listeners have suggested we mash up the property with and stuff that we've come up (laughs) with ourselves to (laughs) mash up with the property (laughs) so
3: (laughs) that's um, the part i love most
0: (laughs) So for, um, let's go through mine really quick because it's pretty much right. a no brainer on the casting. When you go with the director, I think I already know who you did. Um, I, I think I'm slipped a little bit. Yeah. earlier. Yeah. I wanted to just say fuck all with any kind of like any un- understanding of it being like culturally appropriate for the period and not even go with the like light British accent vibe for this, for all the characters, but actually just go full Cockney accent. Don't even try to pretend that it's any kind of actual period piece. It's just like a modern feeling movie that happens to take place long time ago, but they aren't talking like it's a long time ago. There's nothing that's actually like uh, appropriate for the time period. Yeah. Besides maybe the costuming. And I thought it would be very fun to make it almost kind of a tone of a caper. Uh, with mm. Cockney accents. And the best director to do that would be Guy Ritchie. Yep. Doing nice. a 300 movie. So, of Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, Rock and Roller. Did King Arthur. So, has done a period piece that feels very highly stylized. Have you watched i had watched. I've only watched little pieces of it. Uh-huh. Highly stylized, yeah. very modern kind of feel to it. Does not feel appropriate for a period piece. Yeah, at not all, at all. <laughs> which is why exactly I cast him yeah. for this as the nah, director. That's, that's fair. So, it's all the. It's a, a lot of the people you would think would be in a Guy Ritchie movie are in this casting. So for King Leonidas, his new favorite that's in a lot of this stuff, Charlie Hunnam, yep. is going to be King Leonidas. He's a little short for it. but He's a little trying. short, but also this this isn't like the super muscular 300. Yeah. This is the like the slender Cockney British yeah. 300. For Queen, Queen Gorgo, we've got... Just, just uh, stop
3: that. Just stop that right now.
0: The, you know that's the trailer I'm going to do. I, just I, I cool know, Cockney but accent. I don't need more of it. <laughs> For Queen Gorgo, I went with an actress that I am absolutely head over heels in love with that is an incredible actress, gorgeous, in a very kind of very individual way. Um, From Game of Thrones and Hunger Games, we've Mm. got Natalie Dormer in there as Queen Gorgo. She's got that like combination of being able to fully go queen bitch if need be, but also not necessarily actually a bad person. Just very motivated, driven woman kind of tone. And I think that works for Queen Gorgo. Then the captain, uh, this is not the storyteller, but the older soldier whose son right. is in the in the battle. No, talk about an older soldier in a Guy Ritchie movie. You bring Vinny Jones in, and yep. you're good to go. Yep. Bullet Tooth Tony, done. like yep. he's I'm good he's with been that. in like every British film ever, and uh, he also beat up a dude, I believe by that was my name in a bar once a person with my exact same name got beat up and stabbed with a beer bottle if i remember correctly by Vinny jones so
3: i could see that yeah former footballer turned
1: actor Vinny jones so
3: um you're not asking for his autograph ever
0: i will not with introducing myself (laughs) (laughs) that's for sure um then we've got uh delios the narrator and that was definitely not Vinnie Jones. <laughs> He's not a man yeah. of many words, but somebody that is and has worked with uh, uh, Guy Ritchie in the past is Colin Farrell. Yep, as the voice, I think would be a really good choice. And we've got Theron, the slimy, yep. uh, underhanded uh, politician type, and he played pretty much that role in The Gentleman. If you have not watched The Gentleman, one of uh, mm-hmm. Guy Ritchie's newest like caper movie, it is an absolute blast. I feel like it's a kind of a matured return to form. Yeah. It's very much of that old style Richie, but with instead very, of like revolver instead of revolver. Yeah. Um, and as much as I did enjoy rock and roll this feels a little bit more put together than rock yeah. and rolla had the, the tone for is the gentleman. And, uh, that was Hugh Grant playing a oh, very yeah. strange role in the gentleman for his, his kind of acting normally, but he did a great job. Yeah. And I think it'd be fun to play, have him as this slimy Theron. Then for, uh, Faltese, I, went very left field with this but i thought it would be super fun and natural like prosthetics on this not like cgi Uh uh-huh uh you get the the mutant fanboy played by ricky gervais
2: nice uh so Uh, uh,
0: uh (laughs) leonidas i want to join your army
3: just look really brash and pissed off i mean i'm i'm looking forward to that scene with him uh with xerxes like being just a complete ass about like how the uh, how the spartans treated him right he's just sitting there
0: like throwing grapes into his mouth and it's like they don't listen to me just
3: (laughs) yeah i could see rick of gervais being that kind of ass very fun
0: and i think i richie would let it because he does take pause for those little kind of out of place comedic moments in his movies but it works it gives it kind of just a moment to kind of heal from all the craziness Um, And then we've got uh, Xerxes, the uh, the main uh, quote unquote bad guy in this uh, in this film. I, again, wanted to think about in those terms, actually somebody that um, whose background was appropriate to generally that area. The Asiatic Hordes. Yes, the Asiatic Hordes. I decided to go with an actor that Guy Ritchie worked with as far as I know once, but it was a big role uh, uh Massoud is the name of the actor, and he played Aladdin in the live-action Aladdin movie that oh. was directed by Guy Ritchie. I didn't know that was Guy Ritchie. That was Guy Ritchie directed Disney? The, the Disney Aladdin live-action movie with Will Smith
3: as the genie. It was Guy oh, Ritchie. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I'm kind of glad I didn't see it now. Now, the
0: thing is, that I, a lot of the acting wasn't bad. It was just kind of tone-deaf to the original, and yeah. I, I want to give this actor a chance.
3: Right. Uh, no no,
0: what no, like, no fault I, to the actors, I'm, I'm just saying. I did not even like, finish yeah. that movie, but what I saw, the actors were fine. It was just, it was not, it did yeah. not transfer to live action well right. at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who wants to go next with their their weird take? I'll go. Okay.
2: My weird take is a complete subversion. I would have it be a comedy directed by John Waters. Okay. With an all-female cast.
0: Excellent. I'm super into this so far.
2: And it's going to still take um very much like the plot uh the um Zack's is it zach snyder is that his name yes yeah him or um who made the comic? sorry frank miller frank miller um so it's gonna still very much follow that so like the villains are still the villains and the good guys are still the good guys but it'll be much more lighthearted and comedic so even the bad guys aren't really like bad guys
1: not all that bad uh,
2: um so king leonidas will be played by cardi b Oh God! <laughs> um, the wife will be played. I'm not sure how to say this name. Gorgo. Lena Wait. I don't know if it's Wait. Wet Waite. ass
3: Persian is that? <laughs>
0: is that oh what
1: God! <laughs> what? Why?
2: The wife. uh She was um, Queen Waite. Gorgo.
3: Alina Wait.
2: Yeah, Lena Wait. What? Wait or Wait? Uh, she was in Master of None. She's a comedian. Okay. She has a very kind. I would say like dry sense of humor i think would be fair to say um i would have the captain played by rita morena <laughs> um who who is is a, an egot winner yeah. and her roles include oz but also as, as like an older woman but also um west side story in her youth i think she played the lead or a very
1: yeah character, oh I wow know? yeah I had no idea um
2: so she's very amazing. I think also the, did they do a they did a reboot of a TV show on Netflix and they had her in it too. I can't remember the name though. Delios, I would have played by Lupita Nyong'o.
3: I love yes. her yes. So I think
2: she'd be a good um, warrior.
3: I I want to see her do that like jump off of somebody's back and like through the air and chop off somebody's. Oh arm. sure, yeah, Move, absolutely. I would yeah, definitely that, watch the, the shit. It's out the most
2: ridiculous. They point that out in that like um.
1: In, everything in the wrong with 300
2: yeah. and it's like what good would that really do uh, or like why? why he uses the whip to like keep him from like chopping off his hand and it's like why would a whip help you right now like, <laughs> right. why is that your choice Has a sword the dude has a sword um a Freities, i would have played by ellen degeneres
1: <laughs> wow
2: or, or allison
1: williams
0: i think you go ellen and that's like her penance <laughs> for, like <laughs> yes you, you cannot be canceled but you've got to play this role and you've just got to lean into it in order to
3: now here's the question do you put her still in heavy makeup or you just make her just come out there all natural and then everyone react as if she were in heavy makeup to be ugly
0: i think you do like that's maybe... a
2: dick move jack that's a
3: dick move. <laughs> yeah i think maybe i'm an asshole light
0: cl- um, tattered clothing no, i
2: mean that's not a that's not a dick move to ellen that's a dick move to women because, like, she's an older woman, sure, and but, like, women are allowed to age, too, and also not be beautiful. Oh, I'm not
3: strange. talking about her, like, uh, her actual appearance being, like, horrific. What I'm saying is it being treated as such.
0: But I can also see oh. what Melina's saying is that even though we're talking about it being specifically Ellen personality-wise for being yeah. a shitbag yeah. to, right. to work for— I can see how it could be taken a different yeah, way. It's yeah. Okay. Is, yeah, yeah. I can
2: yeah. see that. You know, an and that's yeah. So I would still have her in heavy makeup. And I'm glad you said that because I did want to clarify that because I know she's not like known for her beauty and like a lot of depictions of her like on Family Guy and stuff are like less than flattering. Oh, well. But um, yeah. I well, would still have her in like the horrible makeup and okay. be, meant to yeah, be but... like truly monstrous. And my other choice was I was thinking Allison Williams, who is a, I think, you know, objectively beautiful woman. But she's very good at playing someone very villainous and um, like uh, what do you like not backhanded, but like two faced. I think true.
3: I think that strikes into like there are some really great actors out there who just happen to be good looking and then they never get cast in like interesting character roles because the primary reason they were cast is because yeah. they were good looking instead yeah. of their actual acting ability.
2: Well, that's interesting. You say not to take this on a feminist rant but you know i, I did get involved
1: yeah. um <laughs>
2: uh I, you know so a very enlightening thing someone said to me many years ago w- was when i compliment i was saying like wow that's charlie Theron, amazing you know how she played in monster and how she won her award yeah. and a friend said yeah but isn't it a shame like a beautiful woman has to not be beautiful in a movie to show she can also be an amazing actress and it's yeah. like
1: yeah um, absolutely but I,
2: I think it speaks to the greater you know i'm not like canceling anybody here or whatever but the greater issues like at play and you know worth noting almost every other woman I listed and my instinct was to list like beautiful women in all the other roles so
3: yeah
0: I mean in the end when we're talking about a highly stylized film in general when you're talking about stories about real people you can cast actors that look like real people look Mm -hmm. but with these highly stylized action or like romantic comedies and stuff they're fantasies. They're all yeah. fantasies where yeah. everybody's larger than life. Everybody's gorgeous. Even the ugly person is only ugly yes. because they they don't put their hair down.
2: They're you know, Hollywood so, ugly, which yeah, is still right. beautiful in the real world, it's still a um,
0: solid ten anywhere else, yeah. well,
2: and like not to be I mean, have you ever seen what a beautiful actor or actress looks like i r like on they it, it's shocking that they can oft I've seen Mina Suvari and like Julie del Pete, like I lived in New York for a while, so I got to see like celebrities some just randomly up close sometimes, and like they would take your breath away, and it's just shocking that it's like wow you're even hotter in person <laughs> what right? um this should not be allowed right yeah um yeah. in any case um, so who
0: else you got here
2: so let's see is it theros i can't read my own handwriting but They're yeah on. i i think either I, I had also thought natalie dormer or lena Headley. so game of thrones that kind i, am, I, yeah. I imagine it's that kind of i
3: mean bring back lena hetty to play the hetty Headley. yeah, yeah. Bring her back to play the guy that she murdered in the, the original movie. Yeah, I'm down with that.
2: Yes, yes. That's fun. Yes. Done. That's really right. fun. She's like, this won't be quick, but then <laughs> it is like immediate. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Persian Emissary, I would have played by Jamila Jamil, who is in The Good Place.
0: Yes. Oh, she, God, she's she so good. Britain. Yeah. She's fantastic. You know what's
2: great about her is her name translates to both, her name translates to pretty, pretty. <laughs> nice. Or like good looking, good looking, because it's like the ma- the female and masculine version of pretty. Although
0: probably not fa- fan <laughs> of uh, anybody yelling that at her in public. Just pretty, pretty. 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 That's a she lot. She's so pretty. She's very, very pretty, very pretty. Definitely.
2: Oh yeah, Xerxes, Xerxes, Kristen Bell. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's still a comedy. It's still yes, light Absolutely. Sure. And um,
3: I mean, she's done villainous before. Uh, have you seen her in she- Heroes? Yeah. Yeah, True. she has okay. done I'm bad just... guy. Um, okay, she does that. not get enough bad guy roles. I guess in my she's very, She
2: does a good. I guess in the good place, she's not exactly a good guy. She's an <sighs> yeah, asshole, right? Yeah. So she, she's um,
0: pretty. She's a pretty fucking big asshole, in, yeah, uh, pretty pretty fork fork and pretty fucking big, big, big. Yeah, for, big. Fork and, sorry. You know
2: that then would make sense with Jamila Jamil because they would yeah. both be on the Persian side of this Ooh, story. Nice. and it would all be narrated. My Delios would be Sofia Vergara
1: oh god wow. yes
0: nice. yes 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 that is amazing i'm i'm into that version for sure well and, and also you got yeah. john waters
2: the fun the part oh, would so. all be all the costumes so wild. the landscapes would just be ridiculous and it would be very much inspired by the attitude of that rick and morty where they go to the planet of all the women <laughs> sure
1: <laughs> yes
3: <laughs> all right jack you got a uh okay a fun take here Okay, this is so much my farcical take because no one would ever approve this. Okay, all right, because uh, the because of the myth of what the three hundred at Thermopylae did, nobody wants to take any other view except that the Spartans were the good guys. Sure. Okay, so my version is directed by Catherine Bigelow, who okay. did Hurt Locker and yeah. Zero Dark Thirty. So she's done gritty oh. war movies, okay. right? Damn. Where nobody's the good guy; everyone's a jerk. All right. So in this version, it's a lot more grounded, a lot more realistic, and it actually plays to both sides of the entire uh, conflict on why Persia was expanding and on why the Spartans were the ones who were defending this one little place. And, you know, it dives into the politics and it dives into like why this battle was so gruesome and terrible and why people shouldn't glorify it because people died like by the fucking truckloads. Mm All right. So I want Catherine Bigelow to do it because it's going to deconstruct the entire mythos around the Spartans at Thermopylae. I dig that. I yeah. actually really dig that. Yeah. Okay. So, so
0: everybody ends up just being a dick and you, there's nobody that you're really rooting for except maybe like the one person that isn't the dick but isn't also a main character either. Honestly,
3: I want my hero in this version
0: to be Iphialtes. Okay. I- Being turned away from the Spartans for being not their perfect person Uh and then trying to find some solace in a group that, you know, even though they have ulterior motives, accepted him, accepted him. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. All right. So for Leonidas in this version, I'm going to cast somebody who has already done some work with Catherine Bigelow, but has already also done some epic war movies with some poetic background to it, like Coriolanus, but he also does comedy with, you know, Grand Budapest, Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes is great. I can Life. see it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on his, on the opposite end, I wanted somebody who is not only, you know, Persian because the original Xerxes was so not. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, like uh, I wanted somebody who wasn't as the same kind of commanding because there's no real historical record that like Leonidas and Xerxes ever met like face to face. So I don't want that scene. I want something else. I want, you know, uh, Xerxes sort of standing behind the entire army directing things, but not necessarily on the ground. So uh, going by accounts from where I could see, I wanted to cast somebody who was a lot more or less assuming. So uh, most people would probably remember him from uh, uh, a small role that he had in Iron Man. Uh, if you are really into terrible movies, you saw him in The Last Airbender, uh, Sean Taub.
0: Sean Taub, I know that name. Okay,
3: uh, in Iron Man he's uh yinson the 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 doctor who helps tony stark in the cave
0: oh right okay yeah yes
3: absolutely all right and he played uncle iroh in the last airbender live action movie jesus which i never bothered with so i mean he he actually does play the role as best he can but again it's a terrible movie so you know take it for what it is but he's actually a very talented actor and i think he could do like regal okay um uh moving on to my ifyelties my my protagonist in this version sure uh most people are going to remember him by work, uh, working in like the worst possible way and more of his, a comedic actor because you got to keep your your protagonist light. He was in The Mummy. He was in Van Helsing. Kevin J. O'Connor.
1: Looks like I've got all the horses. Oh,
3: Jesus. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> God. For Delios, I went with somebody who uh, I could at least listen to talk for an extended period of time. Uh, I went with Jerome Flynn. Uh, everyone probably remembers him as Braun from Game of Thrones. Okay. Yeah. And for my queen. Oh, damn. Yes. And for my queen, Gorgo, in this version, I went with somebody who has presence and, uh, and you know, obviously beauty because that's what she's actually most remembered for. Uh, she's in uh, was in the MCU for an extended period. Uh, she was on Lost. She was in the Hurt Locker. So she's worked with Catherine Bigelow, Evangeline Lilly.
0: Okay. I like her.
3: Yeah. 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 So that's my version of like the 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 Hollywood ver- uh, the 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 gritty Hollywood movie that will never be made.
0: Nice. Uh, now we go into the mashups before we get into our final trailer versions that we're going to be doing here. So, <laughs> uh, which is always a good time uh, for the mashups. We only have one that I saw before we started here because I posted the the links a little later. But uh, we have uh, Michelle Left Eye, uh, one of our regular contributors here on the network, and will be on SmackDown Pitchup here pretty soon, I think. Uh, suggested that we mash up 300 with 21 Jump Street. Uh, so, 300 <laughs> Jump Street, I guess? Ouch.
3: Ouch. Um. Well? Yeah.
0: It's like Xerxes is a gang leader, and...
3: And Leonidas uh, and and his captain are infiltrating... Are infiltrating the Persian army. <laughs> or the Persians is the name of the street gang. Oh, the, God, the, no. No? Are oh, we no, not no, doing no. That? <laughs> No, the street gang is obviously going to be the Asiatic hordes. That's true, the horde. Or just the <laughs> horde. That's fine. Oh god. Then they have to uh
0: I don't know like there's Hot Gates which is the name of a strip club uh that they have a shootout. They have a shootout at the Hot
3: Gates. Um Ow. No. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. That's that's a tough one. But yeah, yeah. that's a tough one. Um I'm going to give I'm going to give you mine and you okay. know brace yourselves. Okay. Bollywood musical. In,
1: I yep. sold.
3: Don't, don't need any more
0: description. One hundred percent on board. It is a four and a half hour movie
3: with sixteen dance numbers. Yes, yes. I'm in. One of them in the complete nude, because that's how Spartans fight. Remember? Yep. Clearly, Ice. that's how they fight.
2: Ice. Um Ugh. my mashup would be with the room.
3: Wow. Why?
2: <laughs> You're tearing
0: me apart, Xerxes. <laughs> uh, uh, because they
2: both are meant to, for me, I have it's the same impact for me, both movies. <laughs> They're meant to be very serious, like deep,
3: right.
0: meaningful,
2: yeah. emotive movies but to me they're just they're so off that they're comedic it's like surely this is a joke right
3: (laughs) no that everyone was serious while they were making this like like
2: this one time i wore a shirt in all sincerity like i have a very uh shall we say flamboyant sense of style and i was wearing something and someone was like that's cool how you'll wear a shirt like as a joke and i was like what do you mean that's a joke, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's how I feel about three hundred, and you know obviously the room we all know it's a joke, but fair enough,
3: yeah,
0: um, I would love to see the a three hundred mashed up with Aquaman, where instead of the Persian army, it's the the Atlantean hordes that uh
3: so <laughs> so the sea people at the collapse of the Bronze Age. Yes. Yeah, they yeah. were Atlanteans. Yeah, and the 300 defended Sparta from the sea people. Yes, true. So, do
2: it mash up with Bojack Horseman. <laughs> <laughs> so Cartoon. just
3: everyone's on cocaine. Bojack Sparta,
0: or
2: like no, the animals. Spartan. It, it could be either be animals versus people, or cartoons versus
0: live action It'd be like a course, roger, you know, rabbit, roger rabbit kind of vibe yeah, yeah.
2: i love roger rabbit yeah I mean, that's well, an yeah. all. That's one of my all-time favorite movies although i haven't seen it in like 15 20 i uh, watched I it a bunch movie. as a little kid
0: but uh yeah let's let's get off this mashup yeah, yeah, yeah. ride before we get too out of control here we've got our trailers to do uh yeah. right at the end here so um i'm gonna be doing my guy richie one of course you are yeah uh jack which one are you gonna be jumping on here i think i'm gonna do my todd McFarlane one. todd McFarlane. yeah and uh, Melina, which version of this are you going to be doing?
2: Yeah. So whatever I said earlier, that was funny and brilliant, and thank God we recorded it. That.
0: Well, you're going to have to do the trailer. <laughs> Even Jack
2: here. was like, "You have to like write that on a T-shirt."
3: Yeah.
0: No. But I can't. Well,
2: we can't remember now. Well, we're gonna. Recorded. We're about
0: to do. We're our, about to do our trailer. trailer, trailer. So you have to come up with do one of your versions.
2: My bad. Okay, I'll try to think of something while you all are doing yours. What did I say?
1: Okay.
0: Well, let me uh, let me cue up the music. From the director that brought you Snatch, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and most recently, The Gentleman, comes a new new version of a Max uh, classic. I don't know what my accents are doing right now. Uh, Charlie Hunnam plays King Leonidas, the leader of the 300. I, I can't do accents, man. Um, going up against the...
1: Against, against the, the Persian Hordes.
3: <laughs>
0: no. Uh. Oh god. The of Xerxes. Xerxes, played by Mina Massoud. Of Aladdin.
1: <laughs> 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 is that just with Brooklyn now? That's, uh. <laughs> hey.
0: This, this, this is Sparta. This
2: that's me.
1: Me, that's that's bottom. Spotting. All
0: right, so that's the incredibly low <laughs> bar that the two of you have to. Uh, I don't oh, know. Man. I I, I oh. in my head I thought I could do oh Cockney accent and I got maybe about a half second. Oh of Cockney my god! We're
3: just went on a world tour. Oh uh, god, uh, man. <laughs> So that that's the uh So so here's my new table rule anytime you come back for D&D you're not allowed to do a british accent. Just Ever? not allowed. <laughs>
0: <sighs> when from I tried to do like british gangster and then just went into like
3: really bad you Bronx you turned you turned into that kid from the Kingsman for like a good 30 oh, seconds. Yeah. <laughs> That's something I'm never, not gonna be able to live
0: down uh, now moving on I'm to I'm not
3: letting you forget it
0: Well, let's see how good you can do mister.
3: Uh, I um, can't do good. You, yeah, that's I don't I don't aim for good <laughs> That's true I that aim for true. passable That all is right. really all the best that anyone can do on this uh, Honestly, this one's more probably more of a teaser uh, like okay. I usually do. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's okay it's um, a, three it's, stars it's gonna be just okay yeah. um uh, so picture this like the opening for 300 where it's like the rain and the thunder's going off and just imagine a blood rain going on because of course todd mcfarlane makes it rain blood sure yeah and it's just flashing lights okay yeah so here we go long ago in a world that was made and forged in violence there was an entire civilization that made it their mission to be the perfect warrior. And in one shining day, they got to test their mettle against the strongest, largest, and most dangerous army in the world. The Three Hundred Against Berga. From fr- uh, From the mind of Frank Miller and Zack Snyder, Starring Ron Perlman, Odette Fair, and Helen Slater, featuring Michael J. White and Robert Englund. This summer, three Todd McFarlane's three hundred.
0: Nice. That was definitely better than mine. Not that that it, was a it, very high it, bar at all, yeah, but yeah. All right, so just just, just. so uh, here we go for the final one. We're switching it over to the the, the ladies' version. Of uh of three hundred uh, with some music that was chosen for the Werner Herzog version, <laughs> so this is uh gonna be some choices were made. Let's see how well they work out. Just,
2: yeah, sorry, this, this, is,
0: this is what we got. Okay, here we go.
1: In a world where if the shirt is cute, you can't execute. Featuring Cardi B and Sofia Vergara. This hot girl saw has been here near you. <laughs>
3: I like the hot girl summer. That's that was the highlight. I
2: threw that in. Also <laughs> I, threw I was thinking of Megan the Stallion the whole time and wanting to cast her, but I don't think she's ever acted, so that
1: didn't. That seemed gratuitous.
0: I like you're not even like giving a shit about the name of the movie. You're like, I'm not even gonna say the name of the movie. Like just Whoops. the the casting alone. No, you're like no, no fuck it. Do, good. You <laughs> Do, you Do you care? Do you care? <laughs> <laughs> Do you care at all? You're gonna come see this no matter what it's called.
2: Oops. Yeah, sorry. I'm the white cl- <laughs> for me, the combo, uh, alcohol plus weed just like I'm very silly, and that's why I was like, you know what? I'm clearly in the mood. I'm in a John Waters mood, even if it is going to be something, like, fucked up.
0: Fair enough. All right, speaking of fucked up, we uh, fucked up for the last little bit of this episode. We are uh, are on our way out of here, so I want to thank my guests here for helping me utterly destroy uh, a machismo masterpiece that is 300. (laughs) If you thought the volleyball scene from Top Gun was machismo, then wait for two hours of gratuitous, chiseled, oiled bodies killing things. Hot. (laughs) <laughs> super hot kind of interested to see some of these versions that will definitely never never, be made. never, never be ever made. be made speaking of things that will never be made um, we have a number of other shows with ideas um, or episodes of this show where we have ideas that will never ever be made unfortunately sometimes because we've had some really good ideas sometimes not often but sometimes and you can check that out by going to guipodcast.com and clicking on the Smack My Pitch Up link, or just going to wherever you get your podcasts and uh, looking for Smack My Pitch Up. We also got a bunch of other shows on the Geeks Under the Influence Network that you can find it at guipodcast.com. Rate, review, subscribe, let your friends know about it, post on social media, find us on social media. We love talking to our fans, so give us ideas for future episodes. Tell us some of your favorite previous episodes or guests that you like that you want to have back on. We're always interested. And definitely keep an eye out on social media for our posts about mashups and what we want to mash up on future episodes. And we'll see you next time. Uh, Again, thanks to my guests. I am Mike the Hobbit, your host, and you just got pitch smacked.
1: GUI com.
0: Has anyone seen my other sandal?